Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me this week, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going? Dude, we back. We yeah, so back. It's uh, good to have you back. It's My voice is going to be a little bit weird because I had a head cold the last couple of days, uh, reason why I wasn't on last time as well. So uh, my voice may sound a little bit more uh, sultry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I, uh, I was sick uh, just after the last cast. Uh, so as a heads up to everybody, I'm not... Zach Elisic, this is Zach Clark. Oh, did you get that confused last time? <laughs> uh, people on Reddit, uh, there was a there was a post on Reddit, so uh, I it just it's sort of funny. This guy was like, I every time I see this guy's name, I think it's Zach Elisic, Zach Elisic, the guy who's won more Magic tournaments than everyone. Wow, dude, was you're like, gonna have to win some Magic tournaments to reclaim the number one Zach spot. Yeah, apparently. Um, I mean, is, yeah, is there an, is is there a bigger fill? Uh, Are there any major fills? Phil and Selmo. Uh, are there any major Phil Spector? I don't think Phil so, Spector. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I think the Phil slot might be open. Phil from Groundhog's Day. Phil Murray's character. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm probably not competing <laughs> with those guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I think you might be the 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 top Phil. Uh, Nate. Nate. I don't know. Is Nate the top Nate? Uh, we'll go with yes. Uh, yeah, if we we'll we'll think about the cast. If we can't think of one, then he claims I mean, to be one spot. There are so many other Zacks in the magic community to begin with. I I worked with three of them, I think. Yeah, the Zach uh, meta is way hard, more difficult than the Philadelphia oh, yeah. meta. Yeah, and then you know you have like Zach Hill, you know. Yeah, yeah, designers. Zach Dolan, the original like you know uh, worlds winner. Oh wow! Know, yeah, you're people, you got to win worlds. It's it's tough, you know. Being being a Zach is uh is not is it, it, it's 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 definitely a zero sum game being Zach. Yo, I got a question for you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at the spoilers, and I know last time you guys got to run rampant on Lavinia. Yep. And uh, I wish I was there for that episode because I'm on I'm on the other side. I love the the shitty templating. Well, let's let's hear your take on, on Lavinia. I think it's I think it's awesome that you know the card just has all these different templating, and you can tell development's hands were just all over it, and it's not elegant at all. I love it. <laughs> I love I love that there's going to be moments where people have the feel bads and learn their lesson and then everybody's like once everybody has that feel bad moment they're going to like everybody will know exactly how to play around it. Yeah. And I, then I, only the people that haven't had that experience yet will fail to realize it. Yeah. But I also think like in terms of what it's doing in legacy if it sees play it's going to see play in you know the colors that it's in are fair colors, right? There's no blue white combo deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, this is a hate bear. So, like, well, well, in... in Legacy, there's no blue white combo deck, right? Right, yeah, yeah. In in Vintage, nothing matters, and everything is insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I think like Lavinia in 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 Vintage is tough to like turn one. Uh, in Vintage, right? It's tough to turn one, is it not? It's hard to guarantee both of those colors. colored sources. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, if you turn one, it you just like probably win because you 
are on the play and they can't play rocks. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of unfair stuff that happens when you play uh, something that's asymmetrical like this on turn one in, in Vintage. Yeah. I, I think for, like, Vintage is another discussion because we'll see how, like, obviously the card is insane when it gets on the table, but it's just a matter of how quickly can it reasonably come down in order for it to be effective. Mm -hmm. Because let's say you're on the draw, like, you're probably, this card's probably not going to do much. You know, they will already have done their, their thing. Okay. Um for cost reduction and you know getting their rocks down, especially if they know that you have it. Yeah. But in in Legacy, I think it's it's an, it's a different kind of game. Uh, obviously, shutting down mana rocks is very good. So if you're a blue white control player and you want something that can play both well against uh, Storm, but then also the card that uh, the deck that I was thinking that this would be pretty solid against is. Um, Oh no, this is non-creature spells. Never mind. This card, this card's not going to do anything. <laughs> oh man, like, oh, and man. we go right oh, back dude. to the the, the uh, discussion we had last time, where it's like, what non-creature spells, regular spells? What's it counter? What's it not counter? What dude, can't no, be I, cast? I, 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 for a second, when I was rereading it, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the horrible templating on how it's different on each one, just because I, I, I adore those types of things where it's very clear that this was a development card. Yeah. But it being non-creature, I was like, when I, when I first saw it spoiled, I was like, oh hell yeah, Miracles finally has a way to combat fucking tw twelve post decks. And now, uh, yeah, so um, we'll have to wait for another day. I think like this is just get, like Lavinia will have a, a, a home similar to how other hate bears have had homes. You know, it's like this being in colors where it's like it's sort of a Gaddock Teague that doesn't require that you play green. So, yeah, it might, that's the it big might part. you know, get slotted into a deck that wanted a Gaddock Teague but didn't want to spy green for it. Uh, you know, I, I, I can see that it's not the worst. I mean, we're already getting into the field where people are already experimenting with humans in Legacy and porting yeah. that over from Modern. And this seems like another card that could kind of go into that to fight against the more busted shit since you know the the fairer cards that are filling the void in modern are not things that you want to be playing in legacy yeah so you know having this meddling mage thalia like all of a sudden you have a bunch of hate bears that really stick a needle in storm and stick a needle in uh uh other combo decks like sneak and sneak and show you know like they can't cheat on they, like it kind of like shuts off the soul lands you know yeah. it, it, it takes away the fact that that jumps them a turn if you play this on two uh so i don't know i mean i could i could see this seeing play and i wouldn't be surprised if people were you know jamming it in sideboards or you know a tutor target and uh if uh dnt wanted to splash blue instead uh but i don't think that this is going to be lay on i think it's just another hate bear in the line of hate bears and people will find a home for it don't be surprised when it shows up and just be very cautious when you're playing around it for the first time that you don't run into the can't cast or can't or countered claws. I got to tell you, Phil, I, I want to mess around with this card more. Um, and I might actually sleeve it up for, uh, for SCG, uh, Syracuse. I know? think the thing that you have to do with this card, if you wanted to main board it, since it's asymmetrical is you really have to be playing things that deny your opponent, the resources that this cares about. Mm -hmm. Right. So like you want to be, obviously in wasteland because you want them to not be able to cast things for you know the land the, the lands matters clause yep so that makes it tough to go into three colors so I, like at first glance i would be like all right well you're kind of constricted into just playing blue white with with uh with wasteland and then 
is that is, is this kind of denial something that you want to be doing in like a Stoneforge deck? It's like, well, I, f- I don't know, because you you know the thing that you want to be doing in Stoneforge is just putting an equipment on a TNN, and unless this is specifically targeting something, in which case it's a sideboard card, then it doesn't make sense to put in the main deck. So well, if you wanted to build something around this, I would think that you want to be playing, you know, like going back to the old school days of uh, do play cards that look at their hand and then meddling mage them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like this card as like a, a, a three of in like a blue-white Delver deck or maybe even like a Jeskai Delver deck as like another body to carry a weapon. Um, obviously, this card is not good in a meta that's heavy with Colgan's Command, so you have to worry about that. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I think that this card has has legs. I definitely need to get a set because I want to I want to play it in vintage. But uh, yeah, I think like, vintage is obviously just going to be more busted. Uh, I, think I do like going to the... be times when when this card is is amazing. And it just auto wins you games. Like if you can slam this against against Storm, you know you can you if you can spell Pierce daze them out of the first couple of turns and then slam this. I think Storm can't win. Dude, I would actually not be surprised if this was. If this card potentially opened up a home for another kind of deck trying to do something busted, oh. because since it is not symmetrical, this thing shuts off days and force on yep. your opponent, right? Mm-hmm. So on the other on the other side of the coin, you know maybe there's a world where like I know a bunch of storm players uh, have been testing out. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if this was a, a Bryant Cook. Uh, innovation, or if he pulled it with a bunch of people, but they started playing uh, that Thopter, the legendary Thopter from uh, Kaladesh, Hope of uh, Gearpour. Okay, yeah, yeah. They were they were playing that instead of uh, the Green Bug. Yep. Yeah. What's what's that card? Xanthosworm. So yep. they were playing that instead of Xanthosworms, so they don't need to splash green and just get in there and kill you. And I mean, there could be a world where like uh, there's a, a deck that can support white. And all of a sudden gets to play this to just proactively turn off your opponent's uh, counter magic. And the fact that this doesn't get hosed by Flusterstorm or Spell Pierce means that it's a way to just proactively shut them down entirely. Mm-hmm. And so they would need different ways to interact with you, similar to how if they played Xanthid Swarm, you would need to keep in your removal, otherwise you just don't get to do anything. But you could still, like, you know, daze the Xanthid Swarm, or you could fight over something like that. Same thing with this, but the fact that it just shuts it off, I don't know, maybe I'm talking myself out of it because I'm just thinking it's more fun than this one, but I mean, I, I could see a world where it's actually the combo decks that play this uh, more than the fair decks. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we've we've said a lot about this card in the, la- in the last episode. I, I, I'm not turned around on it 100%. I still think the design is, is pretty terrible. That said, I think it, it's probably a very playable card uh, that is, is, is going to be a role player. I mean, I think it's definitely the most playable card that's been spoiled so far, for sure. Yeah. Uh, just because it, it's it's very clearly the one that has the most immediate kind of eternal play applications. Yeah. The other one, the, the other card that struck me the most, I was trying to think of something with emergency powers, uh, you know, an instant speed uh, time twister. I feel like, you know, anytime there's something that says draw seven on it, there's probably something busted you can do with it. I don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the other card that I thought maybe would start people would start brewing around was uh, Rick's Mahdi Reveler, which is the 2-2 rummage guy that then you can spectacle for four mana to Bedlam Reveler. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about Reveling, I guess we'll call it, is is obviously it's better on a card that only costs two mana. 
You know, like Bedlam Reveler is 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 already filling that slot up. Um, I'm just wondering if this is where you would want to go with a with a card like this. You know, yeah, we have something that's kind of already better. The first point of interaction I thought with this is uh, Bedlam wants to be playing a bunch of instants and sorceries to reduce its cost. Yep. Where this doesn't necessarily require that. So yeah, the spectacle costs four, but the fact that you can just rummage for two. Uh, the first home that I thought that would be an instant add to would be Zombardment. I get that that's a super yep. fringy deck, yeah. but it kind of seems like having a Bombardment means that you can turn on Spectacle pretty much at will. So, you know, if you have this as a turn two play to dump a Blood Gast or a Cabal Therapy or what have you, and then you get to use the body for relevant shenanigans, or you can just use it as a way to just rev up a bunch of cards knowing that you're just that deck is all about the value anyway and since it doesn't actually require that you play with anything particular you just get value out of it uh, you just want a way to be able to turn on spectacle and zombardment was the first deck that came to mind as a way to just be able to do that you know at will yeah uh, I would be uh, cautious of seeing like I would double take a spoiler if I saw an instant speed spectacle that was really good because at that point if there's an instant speed playable spectacle card in the format, that shows up in reasonable numbers in a playable deck, right? Let's say it's a one or a, a, a there's a spectacle at infant speed that's good and punishing that sees play as a one or two of in some kind of deck. Not sure what that effect would be, but let's hypothetically say there is one, right? Sure. That makes it so every time somebody fetches, they have to think about it. Yep. So it's a scary mechanic for the eternal formats because fetch lands are ubiquitous, means that if somebody can punish you for fetching, that in response to a fetch, they could potentially get a really punishing effect. And that's that would change the scope of how people play or how people sequence against a deck that might have a, a Spectacle card. Man, I really wish that it didn't... So Spectacle reads you may cast this spell for its uh, Spectacle cost rather than its mana cost if an opponent lost light this turn. I really wish it didn't say rather than its mana cost. And it just said... You may cast this spell for its spectacle cost if an opponent cast life this lost life this turn, because then you could just like instant speed any of these. Um, you know. Oh, oh, oh! You mean like without uh, that clause, you can miracle at instant speed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I would really like that as a as an ability. Obviously, it's not that that's not how it works. Um, but man, that would be great if if that was uh that was the case. Um. Oh I, yeah. No, spectacle would be uh. uh like we, you would guaranteed see spectacle if you were able yeah. to do it at instant speed for spectacle costs. I mean, right now, to, out of all the cards that I've seen with spectacle, uh, which are what three, um, light up the stage, uh, to me seems like the most playable. Um, and and I'm not sure in what deck just yet, but one mana draw three, you can't you can't crap on that. Like Is it a draw three or draw two? Hold on. Uh, no, it's a draw two. Top two. Okay, one mana draw two, still not terrible. I don't um, know, like, I'm trying to think of, like, th th this is just another one of those cards that I think of, like, oh, you would play this in, like, you know, like, the fast blue-red Delver decks yeah. that we're playing, like, the Treasure Cruise-style blue-red Delver decks. Yep. The problem, though, is that it's just exiled and then played to your next turn, and, like, the, the good part about it is that it says you may play those cards, so if you exile a land, you can play land. Yeah, you put it in play, yep. Uh, but I remember people were trying to do this with chart, of course, as just a way to like up your up the value on the amount of cards that you play. Mm -hmm. I guess I guess I could see this if you just went turn two, hit you, and then spectacle. 
it's a shame that for prowess you want to do this you have to do this after you hit yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're not trying to power prowess off as off of yeah. something like this. You're just trying to value engine. I think I think what what this does is it allows you to like you know, look at uh like uh Nate Nate's like Rakdos deck that he's been playing lately, right? Like getting to draw two off a of, uh, um and, and then playing it after he gets into the mid to late game. This is this card's fine for that. I mean, honestly, the the Rick's Mad Eye uh, Reveler seems more more akin to what what he would want to be doing is something like that. But he's got Re Bedlam Reveler in the deck already, and his deck is already flush with uh, instants and sorcery. So I think he's good on it on on that style of thing. But yeah, you know, Light Up the Stage is is a spectacle card that gives me a little bit of hope for what could be offered in the future for spectacle. I think yeah, that I, mean... I think we could see something really cool. Rick's Mighty Reveler just strikes me like I the first card that I thought of when I saw Rick's Mighty Reveler was I was just like, okay, so you can just play this on two pitching a cabal therapy and then use the body to flash back to cabal therapy. Yeah. Uh after you drew a card. Like that seems pretty solid, I guess. You would need a way to turn on the card. I don't know. I like the fact that Rick's Mighty Reveler thing is is just such a bridge too far for me. What is? Being four mana to do the spectacle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's I'm trying to also think, you know, the the home for that type of card seems like it would just not be in a deck that's playing blue because if you're doing that, then you, Bedlam yeah, Rebel is probably just better because you're priced into the blue shell. Exactly. So the the world where this is is like you're looking at the Jun decks, you're looking at decks like Zombardment, you're looking at the fair non-blue decks. Yeah. Unless there's something that you could do that's busted. So like, this strikes me as like something else that uh, Nate could do in his uh, Mardu Phoenix deck, where this is just another card that you pitch. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the fact that it, the fact that you have this card that doesn't require you to be playing instants and sorceries, and then it's a turn two play. I don't know. I mean, I can see that there's there like if the card showed up, if if somebody cast it against me, I wouldn't be like, what the hell is that card doing here? Uh, I don't know. I mean, anytime something says draw three cards on it, I, there there's yeah, potential. It's got applications for, for sure. Yeah, I, I I would eyeball that one. It seems like it's if it's a cheap card, I would probably pick it up. I don't know what the price tag is on it right now, but it seems like it's one of those cards that's obviously going to see play, whether it makes it into Legacy or not. I'm not totally sure, but it yeah. has all the makings of something that you would see in a sort of like grindy value blue list deck. Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah. let's, you know, so, so we've talked about Spectacle. Um, let's talk about the other mechanics as well. Uh, while while we're at it, um, I I think the best way to do this is start from least least tangible legacy playable to to most. Okay. Do you so, well, well, before but before we get into that, I just want to ask you a question on the other mechanic that was spoiled. Sure. So you have adapt right, which is pretty much just a a, a different form of monstrosity that the designers were like, yeah, we were going to put in monstrosity, but then we needed to template it differently, so we had to come up with a new keyword. Sure. Right. What is the card that could exist? Like, what card with Adapt could make it into Legacy? I mean, the only thing I could think of is if the Adapt cost isn't mana. Ooh, okay. So if it's like, discard a card from your hand, uh, pay life, you know. Uh, if the Adapt is like Adapt X, discard a card from your hand, and the casting cost is uh, the, the X, that could be playable. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, I don't see, I, I, so we were just talking about what's least playable. I think this is the least playable mechanic because it's literally just, it seems to me 
Like it's just there for limited. Here's here's tell me if you think this card would be playable. Hmm. Green for a one one that has adapt for blue. And if it has four or more plus one plus one counters on it, it has hexproof. Okay, but how does it? What's the adapt for? No, no. So the it would be adapt one, but it would cost a single blue. But here's the problem with adapt: is it, it can only be activated if a creature has no counters on it. Oh, is that how the mechanic? Yes, works? it's almost exactly like uh, monstrosity. You're by having counters on it, that creature is technically monstrous. That's oh wow! So I hope everybody who is listening realizes that, that, that thought they could thought it was what I thought it was is corrected here and doesn't fall into that trap. Yeah, I, no. I thought it was. You just can adapt whenever you want. That's why I think so. It, you know, if it was level up, which uh, you know for the most part is 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 sort of the same thing. There's obviously some differences there. Uh, it would be better. But the fact that it's just like you can only do this one time when you have way too much mana than you're ever going to sink into legacy together. I just don't see this as as being a thing, you know, like even the like Simic Ascendancy, like I don't see that card ever making it into any sort of uh, any shell that's not like commander, you know. So here's there there is. Wasn't there a card that what is it? Hex Parasite. Was that a card that said remove counters? Or was that a card that said put counters? Uh, it removed and it got oh, plus removed. X. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, if there was a way that you can fend off from like not dying. And then you had, you know, the Phyrexian mana to just, you know, put infinite counters. No, then you could, that you would could be good. Them out. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, oh, I think I think that adapt is easily the the least likely to see play. And You're I'm right. sure it's super fine in. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think that Simic always gets the short end of the stick uh, in limited and in constructed. Um, so yeah, well, blue green is just like the least uh, powerful color combination when it comes to efficiency yeah because it doesn't do anything it's, it's usually like, just do you like spells and creatures good luck yeah it's just like it doesn't <laughs> do anything to actually interact in a, in a meaningful way of stopping your opponent or uh furthering your board it's just like herp derby stuff yeah it, it's it's i mean it it fall if generally anything that's in simic falls to the uh it dies to removal clause yeah it's like here's a giant 12-12 that I spent 12 mana on. Your opponent's like, cool, Doomblade. Yeah, cool, um, dude. So is that. Uh, what is the, what's the what's the Gruul card that... Like, what's the Riot card that's going to make it into Legacy? What's, okay. what's the one red so creature if, with Riot that's actually going to be playable? If they gave us... And they're not going to, right? So if they gave us Gruul Spellbreaker as a, as a two-mana card, if they took that one colorless out, playable. Obviously. Right? Um... I don't know, man. Like the whole this is uh, the Gruul spell, Spellbreaker. This this effect we've already seen in uh, in Theros. Uh, there were some there were some uh, centaurs that had that had a, an effect like this, and they didn't really see that much play in standard. Um, I don't. I just don't see a, a time when I'm going to be like, hmm. I sure would love to spend. You know what are they going to do? Put a like a red uh, tutu out that has riot like it's not going to happen a one red mana two two that has riot that won't happen you know if they gave us a if there if there was a uh a one and a red or just a red with riot that rummaged Maybe. so let's say, it, let's say it's 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 red for a one one riot when it deals damage you get to rummage okay i mean I, that that would be interesting at least 
Is that better than Bomat Courier? Um, that's tough. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm still I, I'm still on the fence about whether or not Bomat Cur- Courier is good or bad. <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm a believer. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a buyer on Bomat Courier. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's at least it's at least interesting enough that it might see play. Yeah, but it, it would it would like all of these cards, like all of these mechanics. It's just how much are they? Because they're all they just need to be cost effective. Yeah. Like just, if, how... if, if if an effect is marginal but it's cheap enough, then it'll it'll find its way into the format. How far will you push this so that I'll I'll put it into a deck, right? So like for me, if they put out a uh. 3-3 three, three for, let's say a 2-2 two, two for 2-mana two that has Riot twice, you know? That, like, it could either be a hasty 2-2 two, two for 2 or a 4-4 four, four that also had, like, hexproof or couldn't be the target of spells or something or abilities. You know, something along that line. Uh, I'd think about playing it. But, unfortunately, like, again, Gruul is not a really good color combo for Legacy. What's the playable spell with addendum that could make its way into Legacy? Is wow. it just a generic, uh, you know, three mana draw three? I don't know, man. So if if I were to have have my druthers on a card with addendum, I would want like, you know, ah, oh man. So so like they could print a counter spell that would be interesting. Well, they've right? done. They have absorbed, so they're yeah, not going yeah, to. Yeah, of course. Going to put another one. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just thinking here. Like, if if you had something that like sort of protected your combo, that had addendum that was like untapped through lands or something like that. You know, like something on that level that would be like good for like a high tide deck, maybe. Yeah. Um, if there was an addendum that you know uh, drew you cards, but also like put a token into play maybe you know uh-huh. it'd have to be a sp- like a good enough token that you would want to play that for the mana um yeah i mean right now the addendum cards look fine like i you know divination with the ability to also you know what's this touch of brilliance basically uh phoenix's insight that gains you two life uh if you cast it during your turn yeah, you know, they had Sphinx's Insight, so that's that's already off the table. But and Sphinx's Insight is way too expensive. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't play this in. Uh, I, I, I probably wouldn't play this in Popper. Um, but you know that that's the kind of thing we're looking at is like something that like you probably don't actually want to cast this uh, during your main phase anyhow. Like the two life is not enough. If it was five life, I'd be like, oh, this card might be playable in you know modern. Yeah. You know. Uh, but two life is just not enough, you know, no, like it not. doesn't even stop a bolt. Um, and for four mana, like just, wow, watching you, watching that get countered on, on your turn because you like didn't time it properly is just, that's so devastating. Yeah. At, at that point, we're just in the original, just play the OG Dovin bond, which was unplayable. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see the, the, the one split card that's been spoiled so far is incubation and incongruity. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean, unless like something like elves, I was mentioning to you earlier, if incubation incubation would be something that would be played in elves, uh, or if it's just like, I don't know, if it opens up the door for a, a creature combo deck of some kind, since it can be cast for green or blue, uh, that's the one where you look at the top five cards and can put a creature card into your hand uh, from them, and then incongruity is a three mana uh, pongify. You know but, what I would what I would have really liked to to see here 
is if they would have done incubation, let you get a land too, right? Like, get a creature or a land, and then they just ban, uh, what's it called? Uh, in modern. Oh, ancient stirrings. Yeah, and they just ban ancient stirrings in modern. Yeah. I think that would have been, uh, and maybe not interesting, but it would have been, uh, something that people welcomed. And it, it, eventually they're going to end up banning Tron in modern. Like, it's going to, it's going to end up happening, uh, sooner or later. And that would have been something that could have stayed that blow. Um, I don't think Tron's ever going to get hit only because they keep printing just like really intense development cards that obviously are intended to hose it. Like, yeah. Dampening Sphere is just like an egregious, like, hey guys, here's your shit for both Tron and Storm. Lavinia, Azorius, Renegade is just a way to be like, hey guys, like Tron doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it, it remains to be seen. If Tron becomes, it continues to be a problem for long enough, they'll eventually be like, okay, we tried really hard to make it so people wouldn't play this deck or wouldn't play it, you know, to, to uh, large finishes constantly, but that didn't work. We're just going to ban, ban, you know, ban something important out of it like Karn or something or like okay we're just going to get rid of the Tron lands you know I'm not yeah. saying that's going to necessarily happen and like I said we're not a modern uh, podcast anyhow it's not really no, an I, area of I, my expertise I also don't think that Tron is like putting up enough results to to warrant that obviously Ancient Stirrings is just like the egregious card that it shouldn't exist because yeah. it's, it's, it's in the decks that play Ancient Stirrings it's way more powerful than Preordain it's better than Brainstorm uh, I don't know about looking that. at five cards and and getting your choice of any of them, dude. Have you ever? You, really when good. was the last time you cast Brainstorm? <laughs> it's been a minute. It's I'm been a minute. You obviously forgot how powerful that shit is. <laughs> um. All right. All right. So moving on from Addendum, we've talked about Riot. So let's talk about. Uh, so I think Afterlife is actually the most playable out of all of these. Well, what's the what's the afterlife card that actually is going to see play? Cause like doom traveler already exists and mm -hmm. that hasn't done anything. So I think you're, wh what we want to see here is a card that has afterlife of more than one, uh, that is worth putting onto the table. So we could have like a three mana two, two that has afterlife two and has like some kind of hate bear effect or, you know, first strike and protection from black or double strike or something like that. A three mana card that fits into uh, a pre-existing deck like uh, D&T that also has like afterlife, I think would be uh, pretty interesting. Or well, you have even... you have hallowed. What's that? It's the one white white two two that does something like that from one of the expansion sets. Oh, I mean, I I don't know. Ha it's hallowed something. Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna find this. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I don't I don't think that the, that's the the best possible version of a card that can happen, but I think that's the best you're gonna get with uh with something like uh, afterlife. Uh, you know they've got a two mana two one that has afterlife one and vigilance. You know, uh, I think you know when you look at this, you you've gotta you've gotta think about what their flavor profile is for afterlife, and it's like. Creatures that are normally on the ground that die and become ghosts, right? Hallowed, hallowed Spirit Keeper. Okay. It's a 1 white white for a 3-2 with Vigilance that says when it dies, put X 1-1 one, one white spirit creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's, that's something. That was a rare from Commander 2014. And I've seen that it has seen some play in uh dnt before but it's also one of those things where it's like okay well if that's only seeing marginal fringe play then whatever they make with afterlife has got to be better than that yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that if we see something that has enough afterlife, like Afterlife Three, you know, uh, and and it's a playable like mythic, you know, something that's like, look, look, if they put like a Stoneforge Mystic style card that like searches up some, you know, artifact or something like that or enchantment or something, you know, just something that like adds a little bonus to a card that we already play you know oh you the, you want an academy rector yeah there you go an academy rector with afterlife i don't think that that's necessary because i feel like when academy rector dies you're, you're pretty much winning yeah. but um yeah i think that just something that like we would play this card already but we tacked on like one too many afterlife to it as well i think that's what what we're looking for is the is the like straw that breaks the camel's back on afterlife is there a way what, what if they printed a card that was one in a black for a one one or an o one or whatever uh, the stats don't matter mm -hmm. so it's it's a black mana or one in a black and it's a free sack outlet so it's a sacrifice a creature sure uh for some effects so sacrifice for some some semblance of small incremental value right mm -hmm. scry whatever uh but the other line of text it has is uh, uh, creatures that are sacrificed by that effect gain afterlife one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, or even just like an afterlife lord kind of thing. Like all your creatures right. currently have afterlife. Everything. So if, yeah. if there was a, if there was a combo where a card gives every every creature you play afterlife, then it, then I could see there being like if it says whenever a creature dies, it gains afterlife or whatever. So you it, everything just you know. Imp every non-token thing has afterlife, mm -hmm. then I could see you doing some kind of recursion shenanigans where you just loop and end the game. Yeah, I, I think that I think that, that that's a playable thing. Even even like, uh, you know, it would have to be non-token creatures have afterlife, right? Um, well, yeah, otherwise you would just, it would be an infinite loop with itself. Yeah, so uh, even an enchantment that did something like that, you know, I could see like, you know, Azorius, not Azorius, uh, 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 what is it? Orzov Ascendancy being being that card. Oh, if Orzov Ascendancy is something along the lines of like it's another Johnny card where it's just like you know spam bodies and then you can just like drain your opponent out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that that would be hot. I, I would be interested in a card. I, I I would be interested in a card that has the word whenever on it so, with afterlife. So let's let's step back from from that idea real fast. So we we realize that there's at least one Ascendancy in here. Do you think there will be others? And if there, you do think there will be others, uh, comparing them to uh, Simic Ascendancy, what do you think they would read uh, for uh, for the other uh, guilds? I think Simic Ascendancy is... My guess is that it's part of a cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, Me too. Which I think will be interesting, and I think that each one is going to work with its uh, guild's mechanic. Uh, so I think... Um, Rakdos Ascendancy is just going to be something along the lines of uh, do something and it pings your opponent. Okay. So it's just a way where it, it, it easily turns on your spectacle and then it'll say, you know, whenever you cast a, a card for its spectacle cost, gain another effect. Yeah. Do you think there'll be like a win condition for each of these? I don't know if it'll be a win con like Simic Ascendancy will be just because like Simic Ascendancy is very... It's very Simic to, to have like an Simic alternate win condition. It's also like yeah. something that's not going to see any play outside of a, a, a casual format because mm -hmm. it's obvious, it's just way win more. 
Yeah. But I could see the other ones potentially having value as build arounds. Uh, so like I could see the um, like I could see the Orzov one being the thing with the sack outlet that we're looking for, right? So you have something that you can do with the bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it, it, you know, and then it's anytime a creature dies, have this effect as well. So it just makes you want to be playing with more afterlife, so you can just get more bodies, so you can get more of whatever that effect may be, uh, whether it's a drain or uh, a whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that like, the Azorius one would probably basically give anything that you cast during your main phase uh, some effect. You know, oh, yeah. it basically it, gives it, addendum, but doesn't actually give addendum. It could say it, it could be like Azorius ascendancy. Anytime you cast an instant during your main phase. Draw a card. Draw a card. Yeah, sure. Which would be very good if it didn't cost, you know, two blue white. I don't know, man. Like two blue white on two blue white on turn two, and then like turn three, you're what like, you all right, turn, I'll brainstorm blue during white? my two, main two, phase. Two blue white would be turn four. No, no, I'm saying like blue. It, I think they'll all be blue, like just two of their color. Oh, you think so? Yeah. So like oh. playing playing like a blue and a white, and then like the next turn being like, okay, I'll. Brainstorm, and you what draw, it, like, what, four what, cards what in a it, brainstorm? Well, if it's blue-white and it said any time you cast an instant, there's no way they say draw a card. Here's a, here's a card. Would this be playable? Blue-white, whenever you cast an instant during your main phase, scry one. Yeah, I think that would be fine. Would it? Yeah. A card that doesn't replace itself? Yeah, it, I mean, it. so you don't, you're not, like, playing this in, like, a Delver deck or something, but, like, I could see popping one of those into, uh into miracles just to see what happens Ooh. think about like Ooh. oh terminus oh okay i'm gonna scry one as well you know Ooh. like right well now you're now you're now you you just you just you just tickle my fancy there yeah uh zach you might be you might be the number one zach after that idea <laughs> all right okay i'm coming yeah. for you i'm coming for yeah, all of you guys maybe it's <laughs> there's blood in the water stuff. now let me tell you something, brother. If you're digging this podcast, you got to go over to patreon.com slash eternal turtles and become a patron right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So then I guess with Spectacle, uh, it, yeah, like if Spectacle just read like during the beginning of your turn, deal one damage to your opponent. Right, oh, like yeah. that's all like, it needs, and already. then like it, you know, some other like this has uh, Simic he has three effects, right? So, um, maybe it reduces spectacle cost by one colorless. Yeah. Right. So that's the spectacle part. The uh, deal one damage is the like second part of this, and the third part is who knows, you know, um, you know, it would the, be great if they were all alternate win cons. There was just five <laughs> different alt win cons. What would he like? <laughs> If you only control, like, if you control, like, seven afterlife tokens when the game, oh, if you, it'll, it'll, if you cast, yeah, like, just eight like... spells during your main phase, put a counter on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Now, guess, now, yeah, now I'm no, intrigued no, by so, this potential cycle. So, I think the, the most playable uh, mechanic coming out of this set for the Eternal formats, I think, is for sure Spectacle. I think that's the only yeah. one that's actually going to find any... Like, if a new mechanic shows up in Legacy from this set, it will be a spectacle card. Okay. And it would have to be, and I and, and I can almost guarantee that it will be an instant. 
I, because I, it's going to be something to punish Bachelance. I think that what we will see is that some random card with Afterlife will come out that will be that will be slotted into a uh, either an Eldrazi deck or a white deck uh, that uh, that is just like sure I'll play this. I am curious to see if any of the Afterlife cards in this set will make Tess Tess Tessa Tessa yeah the Orzhov Scion the original the two mana three three mm-hmm. no the three mana two two that has like Saka, you know, whenever a, a black creature dies, create a 1-1 one, one white creature, exile three white creatures, exile a creature. Yeah. That thing. So, like, you, if, if, if you have a deck around that, that, you know, you're playing that with the disruption elements of, like, Cabal Therapy and stuff that can take advantage of bodies, but otherwise, with Tesa, it's pretty much just, like, Plague Wind. Yeah. You can just spam tokens and Plague Wind your opponent every turn. I mean, that doesn't seem terrible. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, Tessa is a 2-3 is a three for 3 mana to begin oh, with. 2-3, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Sacrifice 3 white creatures to remove target creature from the game. Whenever another black creature you control is put into the graveyard uh, from play, put a 1-1 one, one white spirit token into play with flying. Um, yeah, I think that that's a possibility. That card doesn't seem, doesn't seem like it wouldn't be uh, massively playable if there was something that would enable it a little bit. I mean, it's I, a grinder if card. There's, if there's an afterlife sure. card that enables that card well enough, I could see it maybe maybe doing something. Yeah, I mean, that's the sort of thing that you could see Nate playing. Yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, Tesa is like one of those cards where it has just a continuous clause on it that is potentially very good against the right decks. And if there's a way to just make sure that it's always on rather than having to herp derp your way to it. Yeah. Or what do you know? You know? I mean, hey, uh, you know, they could just print a new Tesa that is uh, playable. That's true. They could do that, too. You know, she's the I think she's the the Perun now. I think oh, Ghost, I think be, Ghost Dad's dead. Yeah, I think Ghost Dad's gone. Oh, yeah, because Kaya, Kaya killed Ghost Dad, right? I think Ghost Dad is uh, and the the emperor or the king or whatever, two different people, but but possibly. Yeah, I mean, I just assume since Kaya's in the gonna be in the set, and her first card was Ghost Killer, that that was the them saying the story of yeah that she killed Ghost Dad. She just kills ghosts. Yeah, she's she just like murders she's ghosts. just Bill Murray. Yeah, she's this, the Ghostbuster of magic. For anyone keeping track, that's the second Bill Murray reference of this episode. Uh, and <laughs> at no point before we started the cast were we going to try and uh, add those in. Those are all. <laughs> those, those are, are all off. on the yeah. fly. Zach is coming for that number one Zach spot. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's too much more to talk about this week because we're still waiting for spoilers. Um, I'm sure we'll get them tomorrow, right right before I drop this uh, onto the internet. We'll see some spoilers. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Do, do you have anything else that you want to bring up? Yeah, I the, the one thing that I'm curious about is the one thing that they've been doing with all of the other like the original legends from previous Ravnica, like mm-hmm. Zagana and uh, Lavinia and, you know, just like those, yeah, and uh, what you call it, uh, Niv-Mizzet. So like those characters, mm-hmm. uh, they've turned them all into cards that they're clearly pushing to try and get into constructed more so than just be commander cards. Sure. Right? Like the first ones were clearly like they were all like big massive effects at really steep mana costs, like very clearly commander cards. Now they're all pushing them for constructed. And so the one that I'm really I'm going to be really curious about is what they do with Rakdos. Yeah. 
because his original one in the last format was a four mana six six that had a cost reduction mechanic yeah, it was on it. Almost good, right? And so if they do that, if they do some other kind of cost reduction mechanic on him at a constructed playable rate, like if they just follow the formula of what he did the way that they're doing with each of the other characters, then that's potentially a card that could see play in like a Grixis deck if the effect is powerful enough. So do you think Borborygmos is going to be the like legend for uh, Gruul? If Borborygmos comes back, it's tough because he's a giant that... He or is he the other guy? Is he uh, the, uh, the the other dude? Uh, well, Domri's going to be the mythic. Sure, I'm I'm thinking of uh, not Domri. I'm thinking of uh, what's that card that ha- that like elves occasionally plays, and then you can't cast spells or you take six damage. Oh yeah, the uh, the the two headed guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rurikthar. Uh, Rurikthar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, if they gave us a constructive Rurikthar that was just a uh, like. You know, it was three mana and like shocked a person every time it did it, and it was just like another still good spell eight yeah. card. Yeah, I think uh, maybe I, it just falls into like the other world of like it's another cumball. Yeah, I mean, if if you could get like a dude, if you could get a Ruik Thar that was asymmetrical, boom, I would be playing that in uh, in Rug Delver. Yeah, it's it's tough like with you those get a, like two mana both... three three or something like that that yeah. do, that does all the stuff that Lavinia does, but like for casting spells, it just deals damage to your opponent. I Maybe if somewhere that. in the story, Rourke Thar had like, because because the character is it's he, he's a two headed giant and it's Rourke and Thar are the two heads. So I could see maybe in the story if one of the heads was like lopped off or something. Oh, dude. So, like, they can cut the mana cost in half, but then it just becomes, like, Thar, you know... Rurik half... Tharless? Yeah, so it's, like, it's Rurik or Thar, and then have a, and it has a particular effect because, like, one of them was killed. Yeah. So you can cheapen up the effect and then also make it one-sided because it lost its other head. So that's, like, that whole character... He was a really interesting character because his whole thing was Rurik and Thar would constantly be fighting with each other. But they're on the same body. So they were basically the, the two-headed Muppet? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So with, if, the, if, if somewhere accent. in the story one of them got killed, <laughs> but then he's still alive, and it's either Rurik or Thar, and then that had some kind of cool effect, that would be an interesting way to both reduce the mechanic and then also have it be one-sided. I'm just saying, Phil, why don't we why don't we make magic sets? Because that 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 seriously, you've you've just gained number one Phildom right there. That's a really cool idea. Oh wow, did that put me to the number one slot? Yeah, wow, dude. the Phil, the Phil meta just got just got way harder. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. It was really good. Thanks, man. That'd be really cool, <laughs> though, if they did something like that, because you have to justify reducing a cost. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Borbor is also to... getting super old, so maybe you can bring his cost down like that, because, you know, he's like one of the older characters on Ravnica, so if enough time has passed that, you know, he's he's an elderly Borbor, like, if it's Borborygmos, the elder, so you can, like, reduce his cost down and have some kind of cool effect involving lands. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited to see what comes up next. That's for sure. Do you think Domri is going to be like, is, is, is Domri going to be cheap enough? Is Domri going to be the first two mana planeswalker? Ooh. Is he going to be green, red, do some stuff? First two mana planeswalker that's playable. Yes. Um, I don't know. That would be not the worst idea. I like I, anything that, that can be put out in rug colors that might make Delver like playable again would be cool. What are, what are the effects of Domri? could have 
and would need to have to be to make it reasonable to be cost red green, but then also be a worthwhile slot in Legacy. What 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 are the effects that it could have and would need to have? Up to one creature gets plus two plus two. Okay. Uh, that's just it's plus one, right? It starts at like two. Uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Two loyalty. Uh, it's negative three. Would be uh. Hmm. Would be arc lightning. So three damage divided any way you choose. Okay, so it couldn't do that when it enters. Yeah, you'd have to wait until until it plus once. Um, and then its ultimate would be five. Okay, so it has a fast ultimate. Yeah, well, I mean, it starts with two loyalty, so that's three turns. Three turns on turn two is pretty quick. But what would the ultimate be? Um, that's a good question. So, uh, so most of the time, the ultimate uh, for, for uh, guys in these colors are like create a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Make some worms or something like that. So I would say... Uh, Domri Raid makes, uh, like, a bird, not a bird, but, like, you know, like, maybe a, um, angry elf or something, an ogre, and, and, like, a cat. So, it, it makes, like, a one, a one, one, a two, two, and a three, three. Okay. That are tokens. Yeah. And, and that, then, you would, you would play that card. Yeah, I think I would play that card. And I, I would like play it as a four of, but I would I, I would I would at least experiment with something like that. All right, I'm gonna take a guess on what what a two mana Domri would look like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's green red. Yep. Uh, it comes in. I could I I could see it coming in at uh, two loyalty and going up to three. Sure. I think it's plus one would just be riot a creature. So okay. a creature. So put a plus one plus one counter on a creature, or give it haste until or or give it haste until end of turn. Okay. So it just uh, you always have riot at all times for any creature you want. Uh, and then I think it's it would have a zero, and its zero would be uh, uh, yeah, like a, essentially like um I, like I want to give it like an explore effect. Okay. So it's like zero mana explore. That's probably way too good. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that, that, that would fine. be fine. Never mind. Yeah, explore's fine. I don't know. Maybe it's minus one. You're you're right. It would need some kind of it would need some kind of like wild shenanigans. I just remember he had the thing where he would look at the top card and if it was a creature, you could put it into your hand. Yeah. Uh. So. Oh, maybe if it's maybe it's it would be. Uh. Maybe this would be good if it was zero. Reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a creature, shock a target. Okay. Is that too good? No, I think I think that it makes you have to build your deck weird. So yeah, I think that's fine. Zero. Reveal the top card. Shock a thing if it's a creature. Do nothing if it's not. Sure. And you're shocking any target? Any target. Is okay. that too good? No, or I think it's it fine. Oh, yeah, I, guess it, I guess it would be creature or player because shooting other planeswalkers would be nuts. But I guess if it's if it's in his story, he hits other planeswalkers, maybe. Yeah, I mean, also, it's you like have to have a deck full of creatures. So I think that's fine if it hits a planeswalker. doesn't make any sure. difference. Due to any target, it's fine. And then his... For... For each one of those things, uh, my guess is his ultimate would probably have to do something that coincides with those things in some regard. Uh, my guess would be uh, his ultimate would be like a minus six or a minus seven, and it would be uh, creatures you control with at least with uh, with one or more plus one plus one counters on it deals damage to target player. 
Okay. So like if if you have if you have so all creatures that you control with at least one plus one plus one counter on it deals its power to target player. Okay. Would sure. that be playable? I think that I think that would be playable. You'd have to build a deck around it. I don't think it would be a uh, a deck. It, it wouldn't be playable in a deck that's out now. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like that. That's also uh, uh, I'd be curious if if anybody has any interesting ideas on what a two mana Domri would look like before spoilers come out next week. Uh, shoot them at us. I'm actually yeah. curious to see if they would pull the trigger since Domri is like a small enough walker where they could pull the trigger on a two mana walker and see if they could pull it off. That's playable. Yeah. I'd be curious to, to 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 hear what people think would actually be reasonable on a two mana walker in colors that could actually use it. Yeah, like um, a, a color combination that could use it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I think that uh, either one of our guesses is pretty close. I we got to get Nate to to put on our uh, Twitter account what he thinks a two mana Domery would look like. He would have some good ideas on it. I'll ask our patrons too. Uh, speaking of that, um, you know, we want to give a shout out to our our patrons. Uh, we have uh, Zach is the master of segues, guys. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like easily the best segwayer in all of Magic podcasting. I'm gonna I'm gonna thank some folks by their uh, by their last names here. Thank you, Mr. Hackbert, uh, Mr. Bernhards, Mr. Mayshark, Mr. Long, and uh, Mr. Jurgensen for uh, joining us on Patreon. Uh, so uh, a couple of those people have signed up for our ten dollar uh, amount, which is uh, going to get them a uh, T-shirt after two months. I also uh, had my Eternal Dirtle shirt uh, oh, arrive. It. Oh yeah, it nice. it it finally arrived. Uh, and I will be you. You will see all of us wearing our Eternal Dirtle shirt at uh, any future major events coming up. So like uh, SEGQs and all that. Yep. So you'll know it's us. If we're wearing the Eternal Dirtle shirt, yeah. So feel free to or, come or and, if, or you know, if not, my if you r- run into somebody else wearing an Eternal Dirtle shirt, uh, you're welcome to just pretend like you're one of us. Fine. Yeah. If if there's another <laughs> Phil out there that wears an Eternal Dirtle shirt and just poses as me, uh, I, I I I would be flattered. But as as long as they're you know nice to people. Yeah. Don't don't be don't be mean in my name. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, and if, if we do catch you wearing a shirt on camera or something like that, uh, you know, Phil, uh, Phil and, uh, Nate have been, uh, have been looking at, uh, random things that we can, uh, hook you up with. I'm actually also working on, uh, some enamel pins that I might just, like, hand out to people, uh, as well, but I haven't, I haven't finished that stuff yet, so. I, I would also be curious if there's, if anybody in the, uh, Patreon or any listeners would be interested in like just straight up like deck swag, you know, like sleeves, deck boxes, you know, just the general card playing yeah. stuff. Like, is that worth it for us to look into? Like, is that something that you guys would be interesting interested in at a Patreon tier or, you know, just to to get? Yeah, uh, let us know. There's sure. obviously like infinite of that kind of stuff around, so like we don't want to flood the market if you know it isn't appealing. But let us know if that's something that you would want, or if you would want it to be something other than the logo. You know, or, something you know, other- like uh, you know, everyone always talks about how I'm always wearing my bike cap. If we uh, make uh, Eternal Dirtles uh, bike caps in bright yellow, <laughs> I, I think I think we should just make a a deck box that on each side says stuff, and then on the top <laughs> says more stuff. More stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, every, it, every side of it just stuff, 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 and then when you flip open the 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 hatch with the magnet front on uh, the hatch on the front it says 
I need more stuff. Yeah, we are still uh, working on an idea for what what, what we're going to do at our next uh, tier. Uh, you, you you guys could vote for uh, Zach Clark and the Griswolds to have a secret show <laughs> to only yo, Patreon people. <laughs> yo, if there was if there was enough uh, support on the Patreon to get your band together to do a concert at an upcoming legacy event, that would be <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. That would be so I mean, cool. I agree. It would be, we just find a bar that like can support a band. And then we're just like, Hey, can you book us? We'll play for free. And then, uh, because you know, it's, it's essentially sponsored by the Patreons that supported the show. And then you just put on a concert and everybody that, I mean, uh, that would be so sick. I'm sure. I'm sure my uh, my band would would be into that for just for giggles. They don't. Uh, we don't actually play together anymore. But uh, you know, we all know we all know the songs. So if if I could, it'd be more about coaxing them into uh, in, into doing it. I'd do it in a second. Dude, I I, I am hyped <laughs> to to get in on the Patreon if I got to hear the the Griswolds get, do a comeback show. And play. I need more stuff. We have an unreleased album that's just waiting to be uh, mastered. I You're gonna have to. Re- yo, to, yo, that's the that's show. the Patreon tier right there. <laughs> you you just you just get to uh, uh, you know the hidden Wu Tang album of yeah, uh, ZC and the Griswolds. Yeah, dude. Um, well, I, I think that I think that does it for us on time. Uh, you know, speaking of all these uh, caviar dreams and champagne wishes. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, definitely. Again, thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, we really appreciate the support, and it, it helps us, uh, you know, keep keep the podcast going and uh, keep keep it up to the quality you guys kind of uh, expect from us now. So uh, again, and thanks so much, guys. Next week's show will be right in the thick of the first week of spoilers, so we'll have yep. a bunch of new cards to potentially look at for uh, Legacy Play come SEG Qs in March. Yeah. All so. right. Uh, I think that does it for us, Phil. Word. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody. To get those wonderful toys. Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com/eternaldirtles, and they'll hook you up with a free book, and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.